Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. Hallelujah. What a good God. Amen. We're going to go to the book of James today. The book of James. Um, chapter 4, please. Last week began to talk about uh, resisting our enemy. And uh, we're going to kind of pick up a, sort of where we kind of left off. Uh, we'll touch on a few things similar and then kind of spin it into what we got for you today. Um, praise the Lord. What a good God. Amen. Amen. Verse 7 um, is where we're going to start. I'll back up here in a few minutes. But uh, verse 7 says, Therefore, in a minute here we're going to see why he said therefore. Therefore, submit to God. Everybody say, submit to God. Submit to and then it says, resist the devil. Everybody say, resist the devil. Resist the devil. Now, how many know there's a devil? There's an enemy. We found that out last week. Amen. Um, you know, a lot of times people forget the fact that we have an enemy. And, uh, you know, uh, we've kind of talked a lot about uh, what the Scriptures has to say about, you know, who our enemy is and what Jesus had to say about it, what God had to say about it, what Paul had to say about it, you know. And, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot mentioned of our enemy in the Old Covenant, but when you get in the New Covenant, everything starts becoming revealed. Uh, in a sense, the cover's pulled back to where you see and understand that there's an enemy. All right? We found out God is good and good all the time. I said God is good and good all the time. Now, the enemy is bad and bad all the time. All right? And it says here, if you'll resist him... He will flee from you. And that word flee means to flee in stark terror. We just got to get people to resist, okay? Resist the devil and he will flee from you, it says. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And a lot of times, you know, people are looking to God to get the devil off their back. And, and don't get me wrong. You want to first and foremost submit yourself to God, go to God. But God will lead you, guide you, direct you, empower you, praise God, so that you will walk in the authority that you're called to walk in and do the resisting of the enemy yourself. And that's what we tried to make clear last week. Amen. Because a lot of times it gets overlooked, okay? A lot of times we get going on with life, and pretty soon you got something happening, and pretty soon the enemies, you know, come in to, to oppress, coming in to steal, kill, or destroy in any way, shape, or form that he can, whether we're talking about your household, your marriage, your family, your finance, your health, whether we're talking about your, uh, you know, your business, we're talking about your church, whatever it is, your community, your, your nation. Come on now. The enemy kind of slithers in there and begins to dominate, dictate, and control. And, but if a people of God don't stand up and resist their enemy, guess what? He don't flee. Now, that's a promise from the good hands people right there. Amen. That when you resist the devil, I said, when you resist the devil, I said, when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Hallelujah. God is good. Now, as we found out last week, we have an enemy, and we also have authority over that enemy, all right? Now, the way uh, that you walk in your authority, which means you've been given jurisdiction, literally means, uh, you know, a, a jurisdiction that's been, been given unto you, okay? You've been given jurisdiction over the enemy. Are you hearing me? And now, the way we do that, and the way we take hold of that and walk in that is through an area called resistance, okay? And that's what we're going to focus more on today about this thing called resistance. Now, the word resist itself, now this particular word, we're going to see another one in this text here in a minute, but this particular one means to stand against, to oppose, to withstand, to counter against, or literally refers to enduring or being constant. And as I made uh, you know, the statement last week, uh, that there is no resistance without continuance, there is no resistance without endurance. 
It ain't going to happen. You can't do it one time and think that it takes care of the week. It probably won't. Are you hearing me? It should be a daily thing that goes on, all right? You should learn how to resist. And as we've been trying to bring out, and we'll bring out some more through this uh, little mini-series we're doing here, uh, the idea is to show you it doesn't, it's not complicated, but it does require of you to do it. There's two things that God will not do for you. Even though he's paid a price for all, sent his son to do all that he did, there's two things he will not do for you. He will not receive for you, and he will not resist for you. Okay, now you have to use your faith. Come on now, your confidence, your reliance, your dependence on God, your trust in God, amen, to receive what he offers, amen, and to resist your enemy. Everybody say, by faith. faith. You got to do this by faith. You got to trust in God, amen. Now, that's why we submit ourselves to God, because it first and foremost starts with us going to God, leaning on God, let God empower you or lead you or direct you, amen, which kind of getting ahead of myself, but that's, that's exactly what he'll begin to do. He'll lead you and guide you. He'll help you. He'll empower you to do it. But you still have to initiate it. You still have to do it. Now you say, Pastor, why are you talking on this? Because first and foremost, I've found that the majority of the body of Christ don't even hardly believe the fact that they have an enemy. And then I find that a lot of them that do are still waiting for God to do something when all along it's in your power to do it. Amen. And you don't have to fear anything that the enemy does. It's true to even brought out today at offering time. Amen. Fear is a spirit. You just don't give it place. Just say, I refuse to go there. I refuse to yield to that. And so you just, you just have to take your, uh, take your stand, take your, uh, you know, stand up and take ground instead of letting the enemy take ground. Are you still with me? Am I boring you? All right. All right. So let's, uh, let's see here. Uh, how do I want to do this? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay, again, let's, let's define resist. To resist means to stand against, to oppose, to withstand, which are words that come up here. It means to counter or endure, and it speaks of a, a thing of constancy or continuance or persistence, determination, we could say. Even stick is one of the synonyms that kind of fits in there. All right, and it says then he will flee from you. Now, this is what, uh, just let me throw these out Yeah. Okay, resist, okay, means to stand against. It does not mean to quit. I, I felt like in my heart today I got to say this, okay, because this is what resist is not. Okay, when you quit, that's not resisting. Okay, now listen, nobody's condemning anybody. Nobody's beating up on anybody. As I said last week, and I'm going to toss it out there again, is this. Everybody hears through their filter system. Okay, their filter system is made up of three major things. It is made up of, of uh, past experiences, Made up of previous or you know momentary the things you're going through right now as far as pressures and then fears of, of tomorrow or whatever's coming up whatever you're fearful of or expecting the worst whatever but those things begin to build what we call a filter system and everything you hear the preacher man say goes through that filter system so if all of a sudden he touches on something and then you get offended because of something that you went through yesteryear well I prayed one time and it didn't work so you're automatically going to shut me down. So you got to shut down that filter system, so to speak, or at least allow it today to be renewed by the Word of God. Amen. Because we, we have to understand that we have a good God that's always for you, and we have a bad devil that's always against you. And if you don't resist that enemy, he'll continue to steal, kill, and destroy, continue to oppress, when all along God has an answer for you. All your promises are yes and amen. 
They are. All of his promises are yes and amen. It's just many times what happens is we don't resist the enemy, amen, and allow the promise to manifest. Many of the miracles we miss out on in life are because of the fact we will not resist. So resist is not to quit. It doesn't mean to back down. It doesn't mean to compromise. There's a lot of compromise going on. It doesn't mean to cope. You're a conqueror, not a coper. You don't just cope with whatever you're dealing with. you got to learn to resist some things. Are you with me? And get this, it doesn't mean, you know, play a blame game either. So, you know, you sit here and you want to blame everything else. No, stop, hush. There's an enemy, okay? Okay, so just, just resist here. Resist, all right? Just don't give the enemy ground. And just a little resistance here and there will go a long way in your life, praise God. All right, so with that said, back up a little bit further in this chapter. Let's go to like verse 5, um, primarily because of what we uh, uh, want to bring out. I, I think I said it even last week, and this week I'm going to just kind of, we're going to talk about some of the different uh, basic ways of resistance, okay? And so one of our, one real major key is in this text, all right, and it says this in verse 5, or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, okay, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy. In other words, God's looking to spend time with us. That's what it's talking about. But He gives more grace. Therefore, uh, He says, God resists the proud. That word there, resist, is a word that means to disapprove, okay? In other words, it's not saying that God's, you know, pushing you away now. It just means, amen, God doesn't go for it, amen? God resists the proud, okay, but gives grace to the humble. Okay, let me give you a definition of this. Okay, so proud is to elevate oneself above. Humility is about lowering oneself beneath. That's basic, basic uh, definition there. Okay, so anytime that you're, you know, you're the one doing all the leading, you have to understand that doesn't, God wants to be the one in charge in your life. He wants to help you, lead you, guide you. But see, if you won't let him do that, that means you now are leading. Okay, it's not that you're some arrogant son of a gun. It can involve that. But sometimes it's just the fact that you just want to take charge all the time. So what you have to understand this, how this thing works. See, if you're in charge all the time, I guarantee it's going to be a long road to hope. So God says, listen, you come, you come, if you can submit yourself under here, now I can lead you and do something with that. And it says here what he will do is give grace or empowerment to the humble. Now, I'll come back to that in just a second. So then it says, therefore, right? Right? Therefore, because of this, therefore, now submit yourself to God, okay? And again, that word is a word to mean to be subject unto, to yield, or to be under obedience. Uh, it uses the word reflexively, which means to be reflective. Now, every time God begins to lead, you're, you're quick to say, okay. So if you're not going to let God lead you, you can say you're humble all day long, and you're not. Are you with me? That's just the facts, okay? And now listen, no condemnation or guilt. We're just trying to show you this, may be, this could be some reasons why some things ain't working. See, if you're up here always trying to control everything, and just because you say God's in control of your life don't mean God's in control of your life. A lot of people say, no, no, God's in control. In the meantime, you're calling all the shots. Come on, somebody. So there's a big difference here, okay? So uh, submit to God, which is talking about there, you know, 
you know, humbling yourself before God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let's read on and we'll come back here. Verse 8 then says here, draw near to God. Because this is the key here, okay? One of the biggest keys right now that you can have as far as your resistance is right here. Drawing near to God. That's going to be a major key in your life. Okay, and I'll, I'll define it here in a minute. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double mind. It just means make some adjustments and changes, all it means. Lament and mourn uh, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. And you say, well, that don't sound like a refrigerator verse for you. No, it don't. But what it's talking about is repentance. It means, listen, if you're submitted to God, when God begins to lead in God, you'll understand, wait a minute, I shouldn't be doing that or saying that or acting that way or yielding to that or submitting to that. Come on, somebody. He's saying, listen, make the change. Make the adjustment, okay, which is something that's going to be a big key coming up here. But the prim- I want to uh, primarily talk about this other one here in, in this text. Verse 10, humble yourselves then. See, you notice he's, he didn't change the subject. It's the same subject. Humble yourselves, right? Bring yourself under, right, the mighty hand of God here. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will then lift you up. In other words, empower you. So then you go back up now, and you look at like verse, uh, what is it, verse 6. It says he resists the proud, but he gives grace. Okay, everybody say grace. Grace. Now, I've done many a sermon on grace. That's not my deal today, but I'm just going to say this real quick. Grace. All right, means a divine influence, a divine, a God, divine influence, empowerment. Come on, a divine influence upon the heart, the core of the center, and its reflection in your life. That's the definition of grace. Charis is the Greek word. Now, most people try to define grace, and all they define is mercy. Big difference. Mercy is not grace. Grace is not mercy. Most people look at grace as if it's mercy. Yeah, his mercies are new every day. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise Amen. The Lord. But grace is available every day. And you find grace, amen, in his presence. Amen. You draw into God. That's why drawing into God is so key. Moving into God. Why? Because not only is there uh, understanding of how to resist, wisdom, counsel, direction, but there's also an empowerment, that grace. There to empower you to do what you're called to do. Most people quit in the resistance. If they even begin to resist, they quit because they're wore out, they're tired, they don't know how to continue, don't know how to endure. And, you know, after about three hours or three minutes, most will quit. But grace is there. Divine influence. Upon the heart, your core, that can be now reflected in your life is there. So if there is no time spent with God, if there is no intimacy, if there is no, you know, this moving into God, you're probably going to be missing out on a few things. You're probably going to wear out. So back now to verse 8. Hallelujah. Give them a hand clap back there. I'm sure I'm not the easiest guy to keep up with on this. Draw near to God. This is the key. Draw near to God, and then what? He'll draw near to you, all right? Draw near to God. So let's define it, okay? So this is going to be one of, your, one of those basic keys or basic ways of resistance, okay? At least the beginning of it, okay? The word draw near means to approach, okay? Duh, right? 
to come near, to get close to, or to come up close, which means something personal, something intimate, okay? Come up close, all right? Now, running to God is always the answer. Always. What do I do, pastor? Run to God. No, I ran to you. Don't get me wrong. I'll run to God and help do whatever God tells me to do. But you got to run to God. He's always your answer. And especially when it comes time to resistance. Because God will always guide and direct and empower. Amen. Always show you things. Always reveal things. Man, just having 10 minutes in the presence of God will change your life forever. Amen. There's so many things that's in the presence of God. So many things that's there and available. Hallelujah. Not only the grace and the empowerment that you need. Amen. There's rest in there. There's joy in there, the word says. Pleasures forevermore in there. Times of refreshment, times of restoration. All there, praise God. All there. Whatever you need is going to be found in that place. And so just taking 10, 15, 20 minutes, and I found if you'll learn to take 10 minutes a day just to do that, it ain't long, and you say, I'm taking 15. I'm taking 20. Bless God, I'm doing 30. Hallelujah. You think you're in the big leagues now. It ain't long. Pretty soon, man, all you, you just realize and recognize you can't do without it. And pretty soon, praise God, you recognize and understand. Amen. Just like Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. The master, our savior, our Lord said, I can of myself do nothing. So my thought is, if he can't, you can't. As I hear... I do as I as I hear I, I as I hear I say as I see I do he said amen so praise God so he goes into that secret place he hears gets instruction gets direction he walks back out he's empowered he's ready to go and do and how many believe that Jesus had a successful ministry yeah. amen. amen amen well I believe you can have the same kind of successful ministry come on successful life successful marriage, successful family. Come on, somebody, successful business. And on and on it goes. So everybody say, draw near. Draw near. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the uh, verses a lot of times that jumps at me is out of Proverbs 3, and when he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? Lean not on your own understanding. But it says this, in all your ways. Acknowledge him. It just means to give recognition, and you're stopping along the way, and you're stopping, you're giving him recognition, you're looking up, you're drawing unto him, you're, you're running to God, you're looking into God, you're saying, okay, hallelujah, what do you have for me? And it says, then he will lead you in all your steps. Now, if you're being led by your steps, that means there's a lot of steps you're, you don't have to take. Have you ever, like, been on some kind of a trail or path in some, and, you know, you... If you stay on the path, it's usually a little easier, but there's a lot of times, you know, we go, hey, I'm going to try it up here, see what's going on up here. So you kind of get off the path, and next thing you know, you're, there could be trouble, bub. Especially if you don't know what you're doing. One time I went out with Mr. Ron and Judy, and we all went out and, and uh, out in the woods, and so Ron's deliberately walking us out in the middle of the boonies. 
And we're just kind of talking and gawking and just saying and talking. And pretty soon it's okay, point us back home. What? <laughs> how do we get back? I'm looking and thinking, you better know how to get back. <laughs> right? He, just, he was just, you know, to see if we were paying attention or not, which we weren't. We're too busy talking and everything. And so, oh, I think you go back that way. He said, wrong. It's over here. What? Nah. Now you're trying to look at the sun, trying to bring, you know, act like you know something. <laughs> Didn't have a clue. I would have taken a lot more extra steps. That's my point. I would have taken a lot more extra steps to get find some way back home. Amen. When I could have just stayed on course. I acknowledged Ron. <laughs> And Ron directed my steps. <laughs> Amen. The point is this. A lot of times in life, see, we're not, we're not acknowledging him. We're not taking the time to draw nigh unto him. We're not taking the time to move into God. Not taking the time to let him empower you. Let him show you something. Let him reveal something. Let him, let him bring something to light, praise God. You might be amazed that it isn't that complicated. What you're up against right now can be handled within a few seconds. Instead, you're going to let it bombard you for a week. Come on, somebody. See, sometimes that's the thing. See, when you just cope with something or you just, you know, settle, then what happens is that thing could carry on. And usually the way the enemy works, he doesn't just, you know, take a little ground and say, okay, I've done you enough. He just keeps taking. And so, you know, it's better to spend a little time with God, get your, get your course straightened out a little bit, praise God, let yourself get empowered so you're not all wore out. You know, many times people say, well, Pastor, I just, I just don't understand why God isn't doing miracles like he used to. He's trying. He wants to. He's willing to. And you mean, well, he could do it if he wants. No, 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 no. He works through you and me. Somebody say, well, I'll tell you what, if, if God's so good, how come there's all this junk in the world? Now he's asking you the same question. See, we got to be the ones to initiate things and resist the enemy. I said resist the enemy. Are you still with me or did you already shut me down? You with me? All right. All right. So praise God. He gives grace to the humble or those that are submitted to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. How? By drawing nigh unto God. Everybody say draw nigh unto God. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's the first one. First Peter, let's go there. Let's see how far we can get today. Hallelujah. I'm pretty sure we're not going to get all the way, but we'll at least get part of the way. First Peter, uh, chapter 5, it'll kind of bring up something similar and then kind of break into what we have for you this next one here. Hallelujah. Now, remember, you can't conquer what you don't confront. If you don't confront the enemy, you're probably not going to conquer it. All right. Now, um, chapter 5, let's go verse 6. Again, starts, therefore, in fact, it just said the same phrase, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself. There it is again. Humble yourself. Remember, bring yourself under him, right? Bring yourself under the mighty hand of God. Why? That he may then exalt you in due time. In other words, empower you so you can be lifted up to do whatever you're called to do. All right? All right. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. And this is the verse we read last time. Be sober. Be vigilant. Right, Because your adversary, the devil, walks about, look at this, like a roaring lion. Doesn't say he is one, 
but he walks about like a roar. And you notice it says roaring lion. Saw some clip on I don't know, YouTube or something. I don't know what it was, but they're all sitting here, you know, watching, filming this lion that's laying there, and it's all, you know, oh, I wish I could pet it. Oh, man, it's so cool. Oh, maybe I can't. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, and now it's got your attention. That means roll up the windows, get in the car, lock it, quick. But the enemy comes like a roaring lion, just tries to make a lot of noise. Like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Well, you know, I put down my Bible right there, he may not hear. Okay, he's seeking whom he may devour. Well, he doesn't have to devour anybody. If you know who you are and who he is, you won't let him devour you. Come on, somebody. But he's seeking whom he may devour. Then it goes on to say, resist him. Steadfast in the faith. And then it says, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Well, we brought that out last week. It just all that's saying is this. Don't think you're the only one going up against stuff. We all have our fight. We all have our battle. You know, again, I said it loosely, but, but we all have our demons to deal with, so to speak. We all have things we have, you know, you may be fighting health issues or financial issues or, or kid issues or marital issues or something. You may be just dealing with stuff that's just trying to somehow bring oppression or, or depression or any other kind of thing like that to somehow weigh you down or beat you down, all right? So we know that everybody's got some kind of attack or battle. Some people, it's just fear. It's insecurity. We can go on and on and on. Have I named your thing yet? Whatever, what's your thing? Let's raise your hand. No. We've all got things we deal with. So keep in mind. But it's still you still called to resist him. Steadfast in the faith. In other words, don't back down. Stay confident in God. Amen. Put your trust in God here. All right. You want to know why we don't see many miracles? Because most people don't stay steadfast in the faith. Just stay with it. All of a sudden, you'll find, praise God, you get another notch on the belt, so to speak. Amen. Get another victory. Get another, you know, praise the Lord or another hallelujah, praise God. Just stay with it. And pretty soon, the enemy's fleeing in stark terror. You got yourself a victory. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Anybody like the victories? Hallelujah. Okay, back up here now. Let's look at, uh, uh, let's look at here. Um, verse... Verse 8 again says, be sober, be vigilant. Okay, now we brought this out last week, but I think in light of what we're going to talk about our next, uh, maybe our key or next way of resistance, you got to understand this again. Okay, the word here, to be sober, means self-controlled or to be not under the influence of another. That's why sometimes when they're talking about like somebody's got, you know, maybe with alcohol, they might say they're sober. Well, they're not under the influence of alcohol at the moment. But this is not just talking about something like alcohol. Now, I guess it could involve it, but it's not really dealing with that. Amen. It's dealing with just not being under the influence of another, something else. In other words, be under the influence of God and not some other thing. And then it says, be vigilant or watchful because your adversary, the devil, walks about. Are we clear? Back up to verse 7 now. Okay. Casting all your care upon him... 
for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him. Hallelujah. Back at verse 6. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Then it says, be sober. In other words, don't come under the influence of it. Casting all your care. Here's the next one. Be quick to cast all the care of things. All right. Now this word, first word care and the second word care in here are two different Greek words. Okay, the first one means um, solicitude, which refers to, I don't even know if I pronounce it totally right, but it just means worry, anxiety, mental anguish, or uncertainty. Okay, and it means through the idea of distraction. So again, it's talking about the mental game. Remember last week we talked about out of 2 Corinthians 2 that don't be ignorant of his devices. Here it is right here where he's coming. That's why he roars like a lion. He's trying to get you to come under the influence of that. He wants you to be fearful. He wants you to be all worried. He wants you to get all worked up. He wants you to come under that so he can control you. Right here is where he comes. And as we brought out last week, amen, that he gets the advantage. See, if he can do that, if he can bring you under, he automatically has the advantage because you're now under it. Okay? The second word care uh, in this verse here um, just means um, interest in or, uh, you know, he, he basically says that, you know, God has interest in you or you matter to him. Okay, that's what it refers to. So in other words, cast all your care. So now what's the first word mean? Okay, first word care uh, is a word again that means worry, anxiety, mental anguish, uncertainty, and it goes through the idea of distraction, okay? So what he's trying to do is get you worked up about something, worry about something, be anxious about something, mental anguish, distress. Come on, somebody, stressed out. I'm so stressed out. Don't. Cast the care of that. Well, what does that mean to cast the care? It means get rid of it. I cast, I throw off that care. I throw off that anxiety about money. I throw off that anxiety about the health thing. I throw off that ang my anxiety and worry about my kids. I throw it off. Now, casting here is not like a rod and reel. Because many Christians think some of this has to do with fishing. Nope, still there. <laughs> no, God says, cast it off. Be done with it. Amen. Cast all your care upon him. Why? Because the enemy is trying to get you to come under it. So what you have to say, Lord, I cast the care of this health issue on you right now. Hallelujah. You're my healer. You're my deliverer. You're my provider. Whatever the thing is, whatever the care is trying to get you all anxious and worked up and fearful or whatever it is. Whew. Where it says, do not worry, saying, what, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? One of the translations says, you know, take no thought saying, what shall we 
eat, what shall we wear, what shall, come on, right? So in other words, you, have, you know that it's something to do with the mind and it has to do with something about you giving, giving heed to it and then begin to talk it and speak it. That's a big part of it anyway. So cast all your care on him for why he cares for you. He's got, he's got, he's got your back. He's looking out for you. Well, so, well, I don't understand why he just don't take this care then. Because he said you're supposed to cast it. We're sitting there trying to get God to take it, and God says, anytime, throw it my way. But let me have it. Come on. And don't just keep reeling it back in every 32 seconds. Come on. Are you with me? So you have to learn to cast the care of it. Why is that such a, an area of resistance? Because then the enemy has no hold. See? He can't now hold it over you. So it's an area of resistance. All right. Okay. This, listen again. Again. Nobody's denying what you're going through. Nobody's standing up here saying that thing you got right now is nothing. It doesn't exist. We're not, we're not like saying, you know, this does not exist. This does not exist. This does not exist. We're saying it is very much there. It is very much real. But the way to get victory, praise God, is to cast the care of that on him so you can give God room to do something. Amen. But when you keep hanging on to it, all you do is now you have submitted to the enemy. And if you're submitting to him, he doesn't have to submit to you. So he continues to ransack your life because he's got you up here. He's got you worked up about it. Are you with me? The word says that's why the word talk is so clear about set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Don't set your mind on this stuff because, you know, it's, it's going to try to somehow get you to come under the influence of it. There's a lot of junk going on. Have you noticed? A lot of junk. A lot of unnecessary junk going on. But if you come under it, okay, it just now it has you. So you got to say, you know what? I refuse to give in to that. I'm going to resist instead. I stand in agreement with God concerning his word, and now I'm getting ahead of myself. But the bottom line is I stand in an area of resistance. Amen. First and foremost, I cast the care of it. I'm not going to worry about money. I'm not going to worry about, uh, you know, the health thing. I'm not going to worry about my kids. You worrying about your kids ain't making it any better. I don't know if you noticed. Or worrying about your marriage ain't going to make That's not what makes it better. That's why now let's go back to the first uh, area of resistance, and that is drawn into God. Let God begin to lead, guide, and direct. He'll show you exactly what you need to do about your marriage, about your kids, about your health, about your finance. Still with me? Yep. Amen. Well, Pastor, you mean I have to pray? Yes. Yes, please. You mean I got to actually talk to God? Yes. Myself? Yes. Yeah, yes. Well, Pastor, that's why we pay you the big bucks. You're supposed to talk to God for us. I do talk to God, and sometimes for you. But see, I only have so much, I only have so much uh, influence, okay? So much, you know, 
authority. Amen. Hallelujah. I can only do so much. Now, in my household, my household, and I have so much concerning a, a ministry. I only, even then, it's involved so many other people. I have only so much. I can sit there and tell you, this is how you live your life. You go, no. <laughs> okay. There goes pastor's authority. <laughs> But you have authority over your life. You have authority over your household. See? Are you still with me? All right, all right. Okay. All kinds of things trying to pull at you. In fact, the Word talks about it. And as I said earlier, part of this word care, it refers, it says, through the idea of distraction. So everything the enemy's trying to do is all about a distraction of some kind. Trying to distract you. Trying to distract you through fear, through worry, through anxiety, uncertainty. Trying to distract you. We're talking about multiple distractions. Okay? It talks about the cares of this world in Mark 4, the affairs of this life. In, uh, uh, I think it's 2 Peter 2, uh, talks about uh, much serving with Martha, Martha. Remember Martha, Martha? Martha, what's your problem? I don't have a problem. Yes, you do. Get that sister of mine in here now. She chose the right thing to do. You did not. Now listen, you're worried about the chicken. In the other room is the one that fed thousands with a few loaves and a few fish. And you're worried about the chicken? Really? Get your fanny in here and submit yourself Let me lead you and empower you so you don't stress out, Martha. Right? Right? You are worried and troubled about many things. She goes, no, I'm not, just about one thing. No, many things have got you down right now. Is anybody hearing me? Somebody said, I don't remember the story being quite like that. Well, it was. Anyway, but it makes it real clear that it was a distraction. Everybody say a distraction. Do you know distractions don't have to be bad things? A lot of times they're good things that you just get all worked up about. That's the truth. Well, it's a good thing to serve. Well, of course it is. But, but when it takes you away from sitting you know, and listening to him and hearing from him and him empowering you, that's a problem. Now, don't you all just, you know, quit doing whatever you're supposed to be doing in here. (laughs) That's it. I'm just going to do that all day. No, you still got things to do. But if you go again in powers, you'll be amazed at how well you can do something, how much energy you have, how much strength you have, how much wisdom you have, how much insight you have, how your steps are ordered, and you got the favor of God on you all over the place. Praise God. How does that happen? Spend time with the master. Still with me? Oh, hallelujah. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, some of these are the verses we've touched on, but we're just now going to bring out all the different ways to resist. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. I don't know what I told him back there, but I'll just start maybe verse 10. It says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So in other words, again, saying 
Where's your strength lie? Where's the power lie? Come on. Not in you, it's in Him, right? Then it says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, there's, a, there's your resistance right there. Put on, clothe yourself with the whole, everybody say the whole, the whole armor of God, right? Why? Well, that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the scheming or plotting of the devil. So you have a fight here. So you're going to need armor, not just so you look cool. I mean, if I'm going to piece of armor, I'll make sure man has got like the six pack. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, baby. Not the pot belly. I got a keg. I just don't look, it just, it just don't look like, you know, real intimidating. But you get the, you know, even if you got the pot belly and you got the six pack out here, it'll look good. <laughs> as long as I look good. Amen. But how many know it's not about looking good? It's about what it does, what it handles, what it takes care of. And obviously we got, we got to resist here. It's all about resisting the enemy. Praise God. All right. So. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles or the scheming and plotting of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And it's talking about you or me, ourselves, but it literally refers to the natural things, natural realm. Amen. Even though flesh and blood sometimes can give you fits. It can sometimes, doesn't it? Sometimes there's persecution. Sometimes there's stupidity. Amen. Have you ever bumped heads with stupidity? Don't point. But sometimes it happens, right? And we're not saying that there, somehow or another the enemy could be behind some of that, manipulating things. We get that. But your fight really is not with flesh and blood. But it is against something. Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. All it is is different levels of demonic influence. That's all it means. Different levels. And it doesn't matter what level of demonic influence that's warring against you. You have authority over all of it. He just sometimes clarifies it. And sometimes there's reason for it, when you, especially when you're in an area of intercession and you, you have some understanding of how, how, the, how the realms of, of, of the unseen work. Amen. Sometimes that comes in real handy when you understand it. But as far as an, a normal individual, all you need to know is it's just some form of demonic influence and you have power over all of it. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Okay, verse 13. Amen. Put that up there. It says this, therefore, in other words, because of this, therefore, amen, stop and think about it, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Why? Because you got things to deal with. You do have demonic influence that's warring against you. So you have to take on, take on, put on, amen, take up, that my translation says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Now, nowhere in there does it say I have to put your armor on. Or nowhere in there does it say God's going to put your armor on. He tells you to put your armor on. Now, he's offering it to you. He's offering you every bit of this. This is yours. The armor of God is offered unto you. Okay? So you have to put it on. Why? Well, that you may be able to withstand. That word's the same, uh, same Greek word as resist in the evil day or day of pressure is what it means. Evil moment, whatever. And having done all to stand. In other words, standing upright and with forward you know, positioning yourself, standing upright, it says then, stand therefore. In other words, you continue to stand, which refers to endurance, staying with it. Well, I prayed and how come it didn't go away? Stay with it. Well, I'm standing. What else do I do now? Keep standing. 
Don't quit. You want to get a breakthrough? You want to get a miracle? Stay with it. You have a promise. If you resist him, he'll flee. And if he flees, hallelujah, you win. Glory to God. Stand, therefore, having gird your waist with truth. Now, beginning of the year, I started a series uh, during the midweek stuff. Uh, you know, the services we put online, we did a whole thing on the armor of God. I recommend you go back. Please go back. There's like, I don't know, seven, eight messages there that deals with all this. So there's no way I can bring all this out today. I'm just going to briefly bring out some definitions here because all of this is about resisting the enemy. Stand, therefore, having gird your waist with truth. Or say truth. Okay, so... What's it talking about? Well, it means to be real or to be sincere, okay, free from pretense or facade. Most people will look at that and think, well, it's talking about the Word because the Word is truth. That's not what it's talking about here. Here it's talking about you being real. Why is that so important? Because when you're not real, when you're playing a facade, when you're playing games, all you are now is on the court with the devil playing his game. Why is that so important? Because sometimes your realness, your sincerity helps you resist what the enemy's trying to do. Well, if I get real, people are going to know who I really am. They already do. <laughs> the point is, okay, being real is a whole lot better. I'm not saying, don't you walk out here saying, I got to go confess all my faults to everybody. No, please don't. <laughs> there are times when maybe that's necessary, but most of the time, please just talk to God, all right? Get real with yourself. Get real with God. Amen. And once in a while, you're obviously going to have to get real with one another. Amen. But you stop and you think about how is that so important because you put on the belt of truth. Why? Because it starts with some sincerity. You'll find that the rest of this won't even work if you're not even going to get real about it. If you don't get real about it, you're, you're going to struggle on all of it. In the meantime, here it is now. You're only putting a little, maybe a piece on here or trying to put a piece on there. And, you know, you, have to, you just have to understand that uh, if, if there is no armor on, you're probably, you're probably not going to win. Come on, somebody. And if there's kinks in the armor, that spells vulnerability to the enemy. Okay, it's good to be vulnerable to God, but not to the enemy. Anybody hearing me? Everybody put, say, put on the whole armor. Because that's the next one. Put on the whole armor, right? Okay, gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, that's, a part, that's who you are. Okay, you're in right standing. Okay, now why is that so important? Well, because he paid a price, so you might be made the righteousness of God. Why is that important as far as resistance? Because the enemy is constantly, it's one of his, one of his foremost tactics of deception is to pull you under condemnation, guilt, and shame constantly. But if you put on the breastplate, okay, that's a resistance against condemnation, a resistance against shame and guilt, inferiority, uncertainty, all those kind of things kind of fit into this, okay? Righteousness is who you are. You're the righteousness of God. You are in right standing with God because and only because of what Jesus did. And if you get a hold of it, you find out who you are. You begin to walk in who you are. Amen. You're no longer coming under condemnation and guilt. You'll find that even the problem and the things that hang you up, that sometimes the enemy tries to use to condemn you with, you'll find you'll get more victory by walking in who you are with the breastplate on. Pretty soon you're walking free from it. We are not condoning sin. 
We are not justifying sin. We're not making excuses for sin. We're just telling you, put on the breastplate because you're going to need it. And begin to believe with what he says about you. And don't mix righteousness with holiness. Okay? Holiness is about your conduct, about how you live and conduct life. Amen? Righteousness is about who you are. You are righteous in his eyes. Somebody hearing me? Amen. And the word says if you'll continue to do that, you'll begin then to bear the fruits of righteousness, which is wonderful. But put on the armor. Put on the armor. Everybody say, put on the armor. How about, what's the next one? Shoes of peace. You haven't shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So you're putting on the shoes of peace, okay? What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about, man, you got a job to do. You're called to bring wholeness and order and eliminate chaos everywhere you go. Now, why is that so important? Why has that become a part of it? Because if you're not walking in that and not realizing who you are, that's why you put on those shoes, you begin to take territory, take ground. If you don't have them on, your chances are, if all you got is flip-flops, Well, I don't know. Call you whatever it is. But anyway, the point is this. Praise God. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The word peace is referring to, praise God, wholeness. A good news of wholeness. Everywhere you go, you bring wholeness. You drive back chaos. That's, who you, that's what you do. Now, if you're not driving that back, it's probably pushing on you and taking ground. Amen. Again, put on, amen, the armor of God, the shield of faith. To quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, which is usually some fear-based thought kind of a thing. But the bottom line is, lift up the shield of faith. Walk by faith with confidence, assurance, reliance, dependence on God. Amen. Trust in God. Amen. Lift up that shield. Every time the enemy tries to shoot things at you, you're lifting up that, I'm trusting in God. Are you with me? That's really, again, maybe another way of even saying casting the care of it, in a sense. Because you're just, you're standing, I'm going to trust God. Well, this is going on, this is going on, I'm trusting God. What about this? What about I'm relying on God? What about this? I am confident in my God. Hallelujah. What are you doing? Lifting up the shield of faith. Well, it's better than going, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my God, I'm doomed. Well, gee, that's not what, you know, you know the, the general wants in his troops. You bunch of wieners. <laughs> Knock it off. Put up that shield. Amen. Listen again. That doesn't deny, man, there's all kinds of stuff being shot at you. I said there's all kinds of stuff being shot at you. I said, there's all kinds of stuff being shot at you. Lift up the shield. I walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. I walk by faith, not by sight. But lift up the shield. Look at your neighbor and say, put on the armor, praise God. Hallelujah. What's the next one? Amen. Shield of faith. Okay, then you got the helmet of salvation. What's the helmet of salvation? Well, so you get saved. No, it's, it's really not what it's talking about. Okay, um, the helmet just means that which encircles, okay? Of course, it's talking about the mind or the head, okay? The encirclement of the head is what it refers to, the word helmet, okay? And the word uh, salvation is not soteria, the normal word salvation. Soterion is what the word is, okay? Which means, okay, uh, to defend, okay? In other words, purpose to control or defend the mind. So he's talking about put on the helmet, why? Take control of your mind, 
Okay, it's all about resistance. Everybody say resistance. resistance. Got to control the mind. If you don't control your mind, if you don't set your mind on things above, pretty soon your mind's going everywhere. And now next thing you're overwhelmed or you're stressed out, here we go again, right? Come on. So put on the helmet. So everybody say, put on the armor. Okay, what's the next one? Sword of the Spirit, which really is a weapon now. It's not really armor, it's weapon. Okay. Are you hearing me? Amen. Now, the word sword of the Spirit, okay, of course, now we're talking about the word here, but it's, the word here is the word um, rhema. In other words, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word, okay, rhema, which means a revealed word, but it's referring to an, an enjoined or authoritative declaration. That's what the word means. An utterance made to breathe, or we're talking about a revealed word. And we've had many times, even Trudy, just a couple few weeks back here, talk about the difference between uh, logos and rhema, okay? And, uh, you know, logos is is a, is a uh, um, inspired word of God, talking about the inspired, you know, you breathe, you take, say it right here, you have the inspired word, and then you got a rhema, which now is something revealed, something that literally now is spoke within, you got a hold of it, it's revealed, you now have it, amen, God's now speaking to you, it's like you've now taken it personal, it's now for me, it's now of me, amen, now it's made to breathe, amen. So, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, why is that so important? Um, all the way, really, several places through Scripture, it talks about Jesus. Uh, out of his mouth went a two-edged sword. It's talking about him speaking the word. The word even, you know, is referred to as a, a, a two-edged sword in Hebrews 4. The point being is he's talking about you speaking the word. When Jesus, when the word says he had a sword going in, a two-edged sword going in and out of his mouth, it's not saying that he had this metal thing going in and out of his mouth. It means that he literally was speaking with authority, speaking with, with uh, you know, dominion, having knew who he was, spoke what he did. When he spoke to the tree, it died. When he spoke to the wind, it stopped. When he spoke to the dead, they rose. Are you with me? Amen. Spoke to the mountain, amen. That, all that means is that thing that towers above, command it to be gone, amen. You speak to it and it goes. It's no longer controlling you. It's no longer dictating your life. Are you still with me? The point is, praise God, not only do you put on the armor, but you start using your sword. I, in fact, I'm going to leave that as, as one, of the, one of your uh, um, ways of resistance, okay? Is you got to use the sword. You got to speak the word. Everybody say the word. word. One last reference, all right? Let's give it to you for uh, 1 Timothy 6. Are you still with me? I'll let you go here just a second. All right, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on to eternal life, that quality life, that perpetual life, amen, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses, all right? All right, now many times we've used this and we've, we've ministered on this. Good confession, the word confession is homoslogia, okay, which means same word or covenant acknowledgement. What it means is that you speak the word, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's not just a born-again verse. That means total deliverance. Whatever you need breakthrough from, wherever the enemy's pushing and, and, and trying to war against you, what do you do? You start taking the word of God, you believe it, and you speak it, praise God. You speak the word. You speak the same word. Amen. Jesus said, it is written. So the enemy turns around and tries to come at him and another way. It is written. What's he doing? Two-edged sword. 
speaking it back. So when we're talking about resistance, child of God, you know, somewhere along the line, you got to get your mouth working for you and not against you. Speak the word. Amen. Well, pastor, I don't know all the word. Well, I bet you know something. And I bet you got a promise book at home or you got a phone. Anybody got an iPhone? All three of you. Wow. Anybody got an iPhone? Well, most of you do. Smartphones, that we call them. Oh, so a smartphone means either or. What's the rest of you got? Dumb phones or what? The point I'm trying to make, okay, I'm not trying to pick on it. I'm just saying that we all have access to something. Whether you got an iPad, a computer, you got a smartphone, right? The point is, praise God, it ain't hard to find a promise in the Word of God that meets your situation. So how do you do it? Amen. You lift up that shield of faith. You grab that sword. You begin to stick it in the enemy. Speak the Word. What are you doing? You're resisting. Start doing that. Well, Pastor, what if it don't work? Don't tell me it won't work. It worketh. We just got to get you to do it. See, remember, if you submit to God, resist the devil, guess what? He will flee from you, praise God. Well, why is that? You stick that sword in his face. He's pretty soon, you know what? I'm kind of tired of getting cut up here. He'll back off. Come on, somebody. You can work on another area of your life somewhere. Amen. Praise God. Did you get something today? Give God praise, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory. Or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.